and welcome to another episode of the Jam Bass Podcast. I'm Nate Todd, and on this episode, we'll hear an interview with guitarist Corey Wong and bassist Joe Dart, who recently spoke to Scott Bernstein while aboard Jam Cruise. Corey and Joe are members of Wolfpack, and were on the boat to perform with their other band, the Fearless Flyers. We'll get to Scotty's interview with Corey and Joe in just a moment. First, let's hear about this episode's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Topeka Live. Topeka connects you with your favorite artists and people through meaningful shared music experiences in Miramar Beach, Florida. Enjoy a new kind of music vacation. Spend days at the beach and nights listening to music in your reserved coves. 2023 vacations include Moon Crush Pink Moon, taking place April 20th through the 23rd. Moon Crush Pink Moon is a music vacation that lets you embrace the sun at the beach, by the pool, or enjoy your favorite activities. Performers include the Black Crows, the Avid Brothers, Jason Isbell, JJ Gray and Mofro, and more. Mothership Weekend is Mother's Day reinvented. Spend Mother's Day at the beach for Brandy Carlisle's Mothership Weekend from May 12th through the 14th. Celebrating the mothers, the impact makers, and the people who love you like a mother, watch performances by Brandy Carlisle, Hosier, Bonnie Raitt, Mavis Staples, Nathaniel Rateliff, and more. Moon Crush Blue Moon goes down from September 1st through the 3rd. Savor the last sweet days of summer at the beach and live your best life with Ben Rector, Need to Breathe, and many others this Labor Day weekend at the inaugural Moon Crush Blue Moon. Visit Topeka.Live for details and to purchase tickets to Moon Crush Pink Moon, Mothership Weekend, and Moon Crush Blue Moon today. This is episode two of season two, which kicked off with last week's chat with Oteil Burbridge. We hope you like the new look of the podcast and we're excited to keep rolling out new episodes for you to check out. Before we get going, I want to take a moment and address some sad news from the jam band community. Lotus percussionist Chuck Morris and his son Charlie Morris were reported missing last week after not returning from a kayaking trip on Beaver Lake near Fayetteville, Arkansas. Sadly, the search for the two shifted to a recovery effort after several days of attempting to locate the missing father and son. Lotus bassist Jesse Miller was among Chuck's bandmates to share statements honoring their friend. Miller's heartfelt message read, quote, We spent over 20 years in a band with Chuck. We lived together for parts of that, traveled the country and across oceans, felt the joy of performing in front of thousands of fans and pains of sleeping on floors and trying to repair a broken trailer in the middle of nowhere in a snowstorm. It was a journey, and it wouldn't have been the same without Chuck bringing his unique mind, energy, spirit, and smile to it, unquote. Chuck's wife and Charlie's mother shared a statement as well, which read, quote, Please know how grateful our family is for all the outpouring of support. Chuck absolutely loves the Lotus family and fans and was so inspired after coming home from this last tour. You make his life so meaningful and we are thankful for that. Please continue to hold my lovely husband and son in your hearts and prayers, end quote. All of us at Jambay share our sympathies with the entire Lotus family as they go through this difficult time. A GoFundMe campaign was established to help support the Morris family, and you can find a link to donate in our recent coverage on Jambase. Rest in peace, Chuck and Charlie.
let's get back to Scotty B's interview with Joe Dart and Corey Wong. This is the second time Corey has appeared on the Jam Bass Podcast. The talented guitarist previously spoke to Andy Kahn for an episode that came out in February 2019. This time around, Corey and Joe chatted with Scotty about their experience on Jam Cruise. This was Joe's first time participating in the Floating Festival at Sea, while Wong was a veteran of the event. The two were on the boat to perform with the Fearless Flyers. The funky group also features drummer Nate Smith and guitarist Mark Letary. Joe and Corey talked about incorporating long jams into Fearless Flyer sets, which was a new and exciting experience that happened during one of their sets on Jam Cruise. Wolfpack was also a hot topic of conversation during the interview. Joe gave an especially interesting response when asked if he wished the band would play live shows more often than their current, typically sparse scheduling. Joe and Corey also talked Wolfpack's thematic performances, like their sauna-inspired festival set that influenced their 2022 studio album, Schwitz, and what else might be in store for the band in 2023 and beyond. So here's Scotty's interview with Corey Wong and Joe Dart, which will fittingly lead into with a bit of the song, Introducing the Fearless Flyers. Jam Cruise. Jam Cruise is back. Jam Cruise 19. And I'm with from the Fearless Flyers, guitarist Corey Wong. How's it going, Corey? Great. Super stoked to be back here at Jam Cruise. Excellent. And bassist Joe Dart. How's it going, Joe? It's great. It's great. Thrilled to be here. My first time on Jam Cruise and just the general kind of surreal quality of being at sea is you can't really describe it. Corey tried to tell me beforehand. It's like, don't <laughs> like, come in with no expectations and no kind of preconceived notions about what it'll be because you can't really, you really can't put yourself on a ship in the middle of the ocean on a festival. So yeah. utterly surreal and incredible. Yeah. Really fun. I enjoyed my time here before I did the previous jam cruise a few years ago and had a blast. Just had a great time. Came into it. Some of the, <laughs> I'll admit some of the guys in my band were like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to partake in all the just like going around and festival stuff. And I mean that in the like actual just like going out and whatever. And I was like, dude, we're at a festival on a boat in the middle of the ocean and people around are cool. It's fun. Let's just hang out and have a good time. And we saw a bunch of great live music. I met a lot of other amazing musicians that are now good friends of mine and people that I've worked with since. And also I just knew a lot of the other musicians coming in. So it's like, yes, let's just enjoy 
what this thing has to offer as a musician, which is opportunities to play with your friends that you don't get to all the time because we're all busy on tours at other parts of the country or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And so last night was the first gig in, in a, in a while since yes. for, for fearless flyers. So what, what kind of a prep go went into last night? Anything? Did you guys get together yes. beforehand? So fearless flyers have famously nice alliteration there. Fearless flyers have famously not yeah. played a lot of gigs. This was, we were just thinking about this. Maybe this is gig number 10 or something, which is wild because our first few gigs were just insane. But we have not played together for several months. And going into this, we have a catalog of albums that we can draw from. Anything is fair game. We have a handful of covers that we enjoy doing and some Wolfpack tunes that are kind of fun to reimagine in this configuration, in this kind of like Olympic funk yeah. <laughs> band. You know, it's like this heavy 16ths. You know, I, I, I tell this all the time. It feels like... Uh, like I'm a punk rock or a speed metal band really is kind of physically what it feels like. It's just in the context of different tones and and whatever. So going into this, I have to think about what is it going to be physically for us for a 90 minute set. And miles, our tour manager sitting right over there asked us right beforehand, is it, do you think this is going to go over in time or whatever? It's like, Oh no, no, we're like doing a bunch of these tunes. Now going to do a bunch of these tunes tomorrow. And we're at about the 40 minute mark and Joe looks over, he's like, dude, what are we going to do? <laughs> There's two songs left on the set list or something. So the preparation, pure negligence on my part of thinking that, okay, I'll put this set list together and it'll be 90 minutes. And I forget that a lot of our songs are two and a half or three minutes. Sure. And what it forced us to do in the preparation is the, the I guess maybe my, my naive set list building was a good thing in the prep because then it it created this need out of us to do something that we've never done before and go into territory that this band is not necessarily known for where the stuff on our albums is typically two and a half to three and a half minute songs now we're in the context of this jam cruise where we are completely allowed and given permission to go wherever we want, as long as we want. And we are trusted by the audience to take them on a journey that will land them safely. And we trust the audience that we're going to go somewhere and you're going to come along with us. And there might be some bumps, but we're going to get there. And we didn't run into those bumps. It was just like, oh, where are we going to go? So this is one of the least prepared gigs that we've done. but. <laughs> Maybe the bummer of it is that it went so well. It's like, well, I don't. It's a great thing, but also, I don't. I, I wouldn't use that as something uh, to fall back on. You know, I'm very much a prepare type person. But what it did in the lack of preparation allowed us an opportunity to explore a new space that we have never gone in as a band. Gone into, you know, even if we do say, oh, we're going to jam, we're going to go into this. It's kind of calculated. Okay, we're gonna go here, and here's our jumping point, here's our landing point. What happens in between can be as long and go wherever. But here, we didn't have any pre-planned jumping or landing points in a lot of these tunes that afforded us something that, it opened us to kind of have that uh, be something that we do in the future even. Yeah. And are the solos, every member of the band had a, had a solo, a, a opportunity in the spotlight yep. is that part of every fierce flyers gig 
You want to talk into that? Yeah. yeah well, so we have recently uh, begun to set aside a moment in the show to feature each member of the band. And this has all been a, a, an evolution for us that's taken place in the last, you know, couple of years as we've started to play live more. Um, and it's it's a cool uh, breath within the set. Um, and we were just talking about how when you're in a theater, you know, or you're at a Fearless Flyers show and people have bought tickets for that, it's really cool to 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 let everyone else get off stage and just have a a moment with with one member on stage. The question of whether that works in a festival setting is something that we're figuring out, but the moments of uh changing the the kind of dynamic of the show and just having one person on stage is something that I think is really cool. It's not something I've done in any other bands, you know? Uh, and so, you know, something about having these like stationary floating guitars makes it really cool too, you know, the sort of disembodied other guys on stage, you know? Um, so yeah, that's a really cool jumping off point to go fully free and improvisational, but we're finding all these other moments too. And like Corey said, we didn't, we didn't pick those moments before we got on stage. So it wasn't like I was looking at the set list and there was like a little asterisk, like indicating jam here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> It was like, no, find it. You'll feel it. Feel the moment where it's yeah. where, where you can take it somewhere, you know? Flyers haven't played all that often, and Wolfpack hasn't doesn't play all that often. Joe, if it was up to you, would you play more gigs? Or are you happy? <laughs> we we, with we this? were we were well. We were talking about this last night. You know, McCory and I were. <laughs> I, I, I'm a road dog by nature, yeah. and uh, a few of the other cats in the Wolf Collective are too. Corey definitely yes. is. Theo, Theo Theo definitely is. A couple of the guys in the group are more studio cats and Stratton is a true studio cat. Like he, he has his setup at home where he can just paint with like aesthetics and grabbing like clips of us that he'll see us out on the road when he's back in LA in the studio and he'll see something we did with one of our projects and he'll grab that little clip and be like, cool, we're going to write something off of this next time you're in yeah. LA in the studio. And so like he can paint with that palette and with, building this incredible, you know, online building, a building a, a record label, frankly, and building a channel and all these other things he does. And then some of us are out here and it's like the place that we, uh, thrive is, is on stage, is on the road, is, uh, composing live really, you know, whether it's at soundcheck or whether it's, uh, uh, an improvisational moment on stage. So for me personally, 
finding that uh that balance is is just one of the facts of being a musician. I mean, the balance mm-hmm. of live versus studio. And I think everyone has to has to cross that bridge. You know, everyone who's ever made a career in music has had to try to balance live with the studio. And sometimes one's at the expense of the other, you know? And I can say that if I, even though in, in, I am a live, I'm a live cat, if Wolfpack had decided to really, really um, favor playing live, I know it would have been at the expense to some degree of the studio mm-hmm. and of perhaps the longevity. Uh, you you risk burnout. You risk all these other things. So it's always a balance. And, and at the end of the day, I'm I'm very glad for the longevity of the band and for what we've built that Wolfpack has favored the studio over favoring live. That said, I would love to play more shows and. We are going to. It's clear to me that we are going to, but we're going to do it in our weird, <laughs> wolfy way. Yeah. Un- uh, no question. <laughs> yeah. No Can't question. Wait yeah. to see yeah. what that yeah. is all about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that it, Joe put it very concise. There, it's like that. You some some people, it it's going to compromise one side than the other. But the other thing to consider is for some people. Being around a lot of other people takes energy from them rather than giving them energy. You know, there's flaming extroverts like myself, where it's like I, I get a lot of energy from being around other people. That that thing of the energy match in a room, and I just give it and you get so much of it back and it can bring you more life. And for some people, I mean, no doubt that that is a very potent like adrenaline building and, and inducing environment, but also, there's a lot of the other stuff backstage, after the gig, before the gig, all these people around all the time and sometimes not feeling like you can have your own space. Some people, and not just with Wolfpack, but every band, with every organization I've ever been with, it's like sometimes people just are, are overwhelmed by that and sometimes need to know themselves well enough and need to be able to say, okay, I... I these are not environments that I feel like I thrive in and really pick and choose when you do that. And sometimes it means doing less things and that's okay. And, and yes, also I would say not only would I, would I clearly, um, can I clearly acknowledge that the, uh, the bargain that we've made in terms of the longevity of the band and the creative, um, you know, living, breathing thing that is the band. We've favored the studio over live in Wolfpack. The live shows we have played have been beyond my wildest dreams. Yes. So, so the balance yes. there is in sheer numbers, in terms of quantity, we have not played many shows. In terms of quality, it's been more than I could have ever dreamed of. Playing, you know, doing the Greek week where we do the Greek theater in SF and LA and the Bay and in LA, doing these amazing three and four night runs, you know, at the King's Theater, doing Madison Square Garden, you know, playing the Paradiso and going on a European tour where we play every bucket list, La Cigal, every bucket list theater, you know, it's just like, cool, quantity, yeah, we're not going to win any awards. The quality of what we've gotten to do and the experiences we've had, like, un- unreal. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the other side of that as well is... We, when we do these things, it really feels like a family reunion 
Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how many times I said, I love you to my friends every time we get together and do this. And a, a lot of times a literal family reunion, like our parents and families will come out and hang out. And it's just like part of the thing. Like we, we all know each other's families now. And like, I know everybody's parents because they come to so many of the gigs because we don't do so many. And I think sometimes when you do hundreds of shows, it's less special when you get together. So I think it maybe is better for the fan experience as well, because I think that translates on stage. Like when we were at Levitate Festival, I remember just looking around, just like, oh my gosh, I love these guys so deeply and I miss playing music with them. And this is so special and this is so much fun. What are we doing up here in these outfits? This is hilarious. This is amazing. Theo's really going to get in this ice bath. <laughs> you know, like not like it's this really fun thing that I think doesn't happen when there's hundreds of shows happening. Absolutely. You know? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The, the set at Levitate or the recording of Schwitz? Levitate was first. And maybe it was maybe it was a proof of concept <laughs> sort of thing. But I know that that Jack had that idea of brewing for a while. What was your Yeah, we we had a nice uh a nice day at the Schwitz, <laughs> me and Stratton and Katzman. Um, and we had, we had a nice sauna session. We're sitting there cooling down and, uh, Jack's looking, we're talking about the robes and the hats and Jack's looking at it. And, you know, somebody, at some point, somebody said like, oh, we should do, we should play a show. You know, we should play a show in these sometime, <laughs> you know, like Jack's like, yeah, man, I can see it. You know, like everyone's in, you know, it's kind of like, we haven't done this yet as a band where, where there's no unique identity to each player, you know, and like every, it'll be like a, a weird culty kind of collective, you know, and Jack's kind of been on this cult kick lately anyway. So a uh, benevolent cult anyway, but so we're talking about it. And then Stratton eventually, I don't know. I think this combination of Theo being on the ice bath kick and me and some of the other cats being on this sauna kick and Stratton just followed through and basically decided we're going to have a concept show and that's what he's on now really is every show is going to be its own concept or at least every tour is going to be its own concept. That's very exciting to Jack, you know? Yeah. So we had a concept show and Jack, Jack showed up with a box of robes and slippers and straight from Finland, red banya caps. And, uh, that was where it started, it started in the Schwitz. It really took, uh, it really blossomed on this one, what would have been a one-off, uh, you know, sort of concept show. Yeah. And then, I don't know at what point he decided we were going to do a, a record, a record in the robes. Well, part of it, maybe, because we did the album at Theo's place, and Theo, his studio looks kind of like a sauna. Yeah. So maybe, okay. maybe he saw... A picture, yeah. and then it just clicked. Yeah, but it wasn't the only concept show we did because we did the Schwitz concept show, and then the next one we played a festival in California, and we did kind of a Beach Boys concept. Yes, that's true. That's very true. And then yeah, and then yeah, we did the record. But you're we did right, the, man. Did you're right. Show. He's yes, that's true. I'd almost forgotten about that. We could have just as easily done a Beach Boys record. Right. Maybe, uh, that is Maybe you're looking into come. the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
Joe, how much has changed uh, about the way Wolfpack records over the years? Yeah, we started out, you know, in the in the the school recording studio at University of Michigan, the Duderstadt, and the thing that I remember most about that is having no idea what what we were making, what, what it was. So I had no, I knew who was going to be playing and I knew that Jack, that Jack had a few little tune ideas, a little A section, a little B section, you know, and I knew we'd be cutting live and, and we wouldn't be doing any overdubs. And, uh, and that's all I knew. And, and, and that remains pretty much true. I mean, when we're, when we're, when we get in the studio now, it's the same for me in terms of having the just bare bones of what I need to know about who's going to be involved, how many tunes we're doing that day, and then getting in there and running through an idea a couple times and then hitting record. That's been exactly the same. Um, what's changed, uh, the personnel has changed. We've slowly added uh, added people in that that were maybe a feature and then another feature and then be, had become really part of the band. And now our seven-piece live band with Corey and Antoine and Joey, like, you know, that's the band in the studio too. And um, I think we've just dialed in what makes this this band special. You know, like we know more about ourselves now in terms of like, what what is the essence? How do we boil it down to the essence and really get to that in the studio? And also like, how do we not fear um, making mistakes and and how do we, how do we get, over the the urge to 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 have it be perfect you know like because in the early days the there was never any there was never any pressure because i didn't know what it was and now it's like you gotta you you feel like oh this is gonna like live on in posterity like forever and like wolfpack has we have a following we have a we have a channel and a brand and a record label and jack's gonna press it to vinyl and you know it's like oh you know there's like oh yeah the pressure is there you know to have it be perfect but it's like that's not what it's about that's never what it was about yeah so it's got to have the essence the thing you got to be feeling uh this beautiful uh confluence of people that's what it's about to me it's about the exact the exact group of people at the exact time and just getting the most out of that you know and they're never really comfortable sessions if i'm going to be honest true like that's part of what makes it cool is there's no headphones no click tracks any of that whatever and you yeah. know some people are like, oh we know it's like whatever it's just part of the no headphones no click ever i think maybe there's one we did um love is a beautiful thing and Jack had like a drum machine that he maybe was wearing headphones because it was like a a certain, a very specific thing. But other than that, I don't think anybody's worn headphones for anything. And, you know, I'm only hearing enough of myself to get the job done. And most people are really just kind of hearing enough of themselves in the room to really make it happen. And, you know, there's at least one it's song. It's always been that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember on when we recorded The Beautiful Game, we're in Tyler's basement recording the album came out and theo was like dude i had no idea that's what you were doing on that song that's incredible yes i had no idea True. that's what you were playing on that song he did the same thing on the the schwitz record there was some song where he's like dude you were just playing acoustic guitar i had no idea i mean i knew we yeah. like we worked it out and i heard you playing it but i didn't really understand how it weaved into the arrangement when it went to the b section like that's so cool it was like yeah and i didn't really know intricately what 
what Woody was doing on something. Yeah. I was like, oh man, that voicing is hip. Yeah. I, I, I heard the, the way that it feels, but when I actually dig in and hear the full voicing in it, the way that it should with everything else, it's fun. But so, I mean, <laughs> we trust each other and we, we do figure it out. It's not like we're phoning it in at the sessions like, oh yeah, not listening to each other. But I think there's like this level of, all right, we're playing quiet in the room, low volume. Jack uses that to his advantage in the way that he produces and mixes. And then when the albums come out, it's like, oh my gosh, this sounds so cool. I think people in the room, oftentimes I lose sight of, is this good? But Jack knows what he's looking for and what he needs. And I was just saying this with Joe the other day. I, I, when it comes to Wolf Sessions, I can no longer trust my judgment on what's a good take or not. I mean, there's some things that are objectively, oh, like, you know, Antoine forgot the verse. Okay, fine. Like, or the verse switch. Not to call out Antoine or me. I went to the B section four, four bars early or something, you know. Um, so there's been a lot of times where Jack's been like, all right, that's it. That's the take. And he's like, all right, uh, sometimes I'll go in and, and just like do a thing in Pro Tools where it just basically gives you just that Ladies audio. Oh, here we are. A mandatory safety briefing. We are on a boat. See, We're, we can't fake this. No. Guests who embarked yesterday in the port of Miami. And this yesterday's safety drill. <laughs> Once again, your attention, please. A mandatory safety briefing will take place at one thirty for all guests. This is like the the ad break of the cruise. Yeah. <laughs> please head to the theater located on deck six. Okay. And show your cruise card. Drinking and smoking are not allowed. At the end, you'll be escorted to your assembly station. All right. So, you know, a lot of times we'll get done with the take, and I'll think like, oh man. I don't know that that's the one, or sorry, what, what it says. So sometimes I'll do this thing where I'll, you, it's very common. You cut just the take, you take the tracks and you export those. And Jack only wants the one take. He doesn't want to sift through multiple takes. He's just like, put that in a folder, put the video for it in a folder. And that's all he's got. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh yeah, but what if we use that part from that other take? He's like, no, <laughs> that's fine. And he's never wrong when he, when he picks the right take. And I think, oh, yeah, I mean, I hear my mistake in there, but it doesn't. Nobody cares. Right. It doesn't matter. Like Joe's saying, like because that's part of, that's part of the, the feel. Yeah, yeah. and the, the whole thing. And it's, I mean, I I know that Dean Town is take three, and I liked take four better. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple releases on the on on the notes in the melody on the second time through the melody where I finally figured out like, oh, Woody and Joe are letting go of this note a sixteenth before I am, and I remember when it came out, it's like, hmm, take three, huh? <laughs> okay, <fine>. <laughs> <laughs> I would have chosen take four, but he was right. I mean, you can look at the numbers, you know, he yeah, <laughs> wasn't <yeah>. wrong. spoke about um cory getting to meet everybody's family because the, you don't play that many gigs yeah. that often um 
uh, I've had an incredible experience um, following uh, Wolf Mom, a- Abby Abby yeah. Dard, uh, Joe's, <laughs> yes. Joe's mom. Yeah. Um, I-, I can only imagine. W- was she a big inspiration musically for for you? Huge, huge, huge. She um, basically took me on my musical education tour uh, when I was a kid. You know, we lived up in rural northern Michigan, a long way from anywhere that uh that that bands would would be coming through on tour mm. but she would she would drive me you know three four five hours to detroit uh to chicago you know to grand rapids whatever and see you know took me to see earth wind and fire took me to see uh cool in the gang we saw like all these amazing funk groups and then you know she would basically have to come with me to uh, bars to be my legal guardian so that I could play in my band every weekend, you know? And I was playing, I was playing Friday, Saturday nights, uh, you know, three sets uh, at the bar in Petoskey and could only do so because my mom, my legal guardian had, had escorted me in, you know? So um, yeah, I mean, huge, huge influence. She, you know, her father, my grandfather, Izzy Baker, was a musician, and um, you know, just nothing you but gloss over that. Not, yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 Izzy, Izzy Baker, incredible, incredible uh, concert master violinist, who you know, kind of transitioned from the classical world into the recording world in Los Angeles, and was on uh, so many incredible uh, movie soundtracks and so many incredible records. I mean, played with Sinatra, played with Ray Charles, wow. played. Um, re, on, re, on, yeah, re, played the re. played the the psycho shower scene among many others. Played Iconic. on the yeah, <laughs> played on the John Williams scores. You know, just a, I I had no idea growing up, and he passed away when you know I was in my early teens. I I knew he was a great musician. I knew he'd made a career for himself. Somehow had put you know his daughters through college playing music. You know, so I appreciated that. I had no idea he was first call violinist wow. in Los Angeles in the golden age of recorded music had no idea learned that in the ensuing years but so him directly calling me when i was a kid and then him through my mom and her experience of growing up and being the daughter of a professional musician really set a course for me to see music as a viable path you know and um so uh, she she she's been yeah kind of like such a so encouraging and then as i've started to play out and tour and be in these bands you know it's like she must see the through line way better than i do because she was an adult the whole time and i was like a little kid sure. but like you know i i think now her her coming on tour with me uh yeah it's just it's an incredible uh full circle thing you know and and so she's going to come you know, hopefully uh, on a couple of these runs this year. And then she's just a great like documentarian for uh, everything that I do, like really Mm. finding uh, the clips that people upload when she can't come to the show and like reposting it and sharing it and archiving it. Uh, So it's, it's just, yeah, it's, she's an incredible uh, just force of, of nature and, and, and lover of music. And uh, you know, something I've come to appreciate is that all our families in Wolfpack are, uh, you know, so excited about music, about music specifically. I mean, Jack's dad's a musician, you know, Theo's dad was a musician. All of us have music in the family and all of us have, uh, 
you know, parents who are so just like thrilled at the chance to travel somewhere and see us bringing people together in random places mm-hmm. in the world and getting to play these amazing venues. It, it is like a family reunion every time. And yeah. that, you know, that can be stressful too, but yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, you're playing Red Rocks or you're playing Madison Square Garden and the family wants to come out and the guest list is going to be a hundred people long. Like you're going to make it happen. But, uh, I think 200. It's yeah. 200. There you go. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's absolutely incredible. And I, I, uh, you know, I appreciate it so much. The, the family, uh, you know, the, the family that we have, like it, it extends so far now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she, she would have loved to been on the jam cruise, but I'm going to get her out to a couple of the special shows this year to make up for it. So yeah. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. And also for, sorry, to, yeah. for, for us in the band also to have that sort of maternal presence on the road mm-hmm. really kind of helps anchor everything as well. And it kind of helps it, it knowing Joe's knowing Abby, helps me know Joe a little bit better and just like spending time with Abby and you know, we went, you know, we go out for meals and stuff together and everything. And there's, there's something also, you know, there was a a Europe tour in in particular that Abby came out on KK Antoine's mom came out on and they followed us to all the cities. Judy came, Theo's mom. Yep. Yeah. In um, Copenhagen and some other cities, but having that sort of thing around is also, this kind of helps ground the entire thing. And keep it um, a little more human. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe, but it, it is really special. And just to kind of have that the maternal feeling hug after a gig. Yeah. Or like, Good job. Like, yeah. proud of you. It's I'm proud real. of you. It's sort of like, star. it's very yeah. real. Yeah, it's very yeah. real. So proud of you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's, that, that makes it feel different than somebody being like, oh my gosh, you're so dumb. You know, yeah. which that, that is also great and whatever. But it, yeah. It's a special thing. Well, tonight we're going to get a second set from uh, Fearless Flyers aboard Jam Cruise. And uh, can we expect more from this project in the future? Absolutely. We are just now starting to discuss maybe what the next chapter looks like. With the Fearless Flyers, we've done pretty much the same thing for all the records where it's we kind of show up, figure out the tunes in the room, record it all live in front of the camera, just the four of us no overdubs, none of that. We're trying to figure out, is that still what we want to do? Do we want to try to explore other opportunities that the studio has that we could use, take advantage of? Do we want to try to explore a little bit of a different sound? Um, we are planning on doing a lot of things. We're just kind of in a reflection time because we did so many records, not so many. We, we've done a handful of records. Sure. And now we've really dialed in how to do it live over the last year we've kind of learned to lean into exploration live and leaving room for magic live and last night was was really i i feel like a jumping point maybe even turning point for us as a band to know that this sort of thing is available to us like you know a lot of times people know us as a, a band that does two and a half three and a half minute songs and we got into some territory last night. We're just like, well, wow, that was 17 minutes. Yeah. We, we haven't done that before. And you know what? The audience was there for it. They were in every part of that journey. And we were too. Yeah. I remember looking over, all of a sudden I would start playing something and then boom, Joe latches on. And I'm like, oh, dang. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're really doing this. We can do this. Why have we not done this? And this audience has really kind of helped um, encourage that in the best way 
and, and kind of given us permission. And now that we know we have that permission and we know that it works, it, we're, we're kind of exploring what that looks like for our live show. And, you know, we do like the Olympic funk sprint of a, you know, 400 meter dash song. And, uh, yeah, but I think we're, we're trying to explore maybe what the next chapter looks like as far as the sound and the feel of the band and the recordings, but it's been so much fun to really dial in this live thing and, and, and build more of a, a trust in each other as well. I look forward to seeing what the next chapter holds. Joe, Corey, thank you so much for of your course. time. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Really appreciate it. for listening to this episode of the Jam Bass Podcast. Thanks to Joe and Corey for taking the time to chat with us. Catch them with Wolfpack and the Fearless Flyers when you can, and also look to see Corey's super fun solo band. Thanks to our sponsors, Topeka Live. Jake Alexander helped produce this episode. Thanks, Jake. Season 2 continues with another episode next week. In the meantime, be good to each other, and go see live music. <laughs>